All right. If you have your Bible, I'd like for you to turn to Isaiah chapter 43. And I want to begin reading with verse 14 and read through verse 25. And I want to call the message this morning, the title of the message, God Will Make a Way. Isaiah 43, verse 14. Thus saith the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, For your sake I have sent to Babylon, and I have brought down all their nobles and the Chaldeans, whose cries in the ships. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus saith the Lord, which maketh a way in the sea. Underline that. Maketh a way in the sea, and a path in the mighty waters, which bringeth forth the chariot and horse, the army and the power. They shall lie down together, they shall not rise. They are extinct, they are quenched as tow. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. And now it shall spring forth, shall ye not know it. I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Underline that. I will even make a way in the wilderness. The beast of the field shall honor me, the dragons and the owls, because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people have I formed for myself. They shall show forth my praise. But thou hast not called upon me, O Jacob, but thou hast been weary of me, O Israel. Thou hast not brought me the small cattle of thy burnt offerings, neither hast thou honored me with thy sacrifices. I have not caused thee to, to serve with an offering, nor wearied thee with incense. Thou hast bought me no sweet Cain with money, neither hast thou filled me with the fat of thy sacrifices, but thou hast made me to serve with thy sins, thou hast wearied me with thine iniquities. I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for my own sake, and will not remember thy sins. Underline especially verse 19. Behold, I will do a new thing. I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I want to speak to you this morning on the subject, God will make a way. There's a background for this text. God made a way for Israel out of Egypt. And you read in the Old Testament that for more than 400 long years, they were nothing but slaves in a heathen nation, but God delivered them. 
And you know, people must have said, these people will never be a nation. They'll never be delivered from the bondage of Egypt. It won't happen. But God made a way and God delivered them. He sent the plagues, the plagues of lice and others. He turned the water to blood. He sent the hell and the brimstone from heaven. And God sent divine judgment on that nation for he's not only a God of love and mercy, but he's also a God of judgment. And one night God said, slay the lamb, and that points to God's lamb. And John the Baptist said in John 1, 29, Behold the lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And that night by the blood of the promised lamb, God drew his people out of Egypt. And people said, it'll never happen, it cannot be so. 400 long years, these people have been within this heathen nation. There is no way, but contrary to what people said, God made a way. And that's the kind of God we serve today. That's the kind of God that's honored in this church. And that's the kind of God that's honored in this Bible. He's the God who makes a way. And you know, God made a way in spite of their imperfection. There's some people in the world who think that God does not do anything for anybody except for perfect people. Well, in the first place, I've never met any perfect people. And if I ever met some, meet some perfect people, I'm not going to encourage them to join this church. It ruined this situation completely. There's no perfect people. And God made a way for people in spite of their sin. These people could have gone in three days from the bondage of Egypt to the glories of the land of Canaan. The land that God had provided which flowed with milk and honey. But they murmured and complained and sinned against God and they rebelled against his will. And for 40 years they wandered in the wilderness. There were a million, 600,000 of them, maybe 2 million. You say, can that many people survive in the wilderness, 2 million people? Well, God made a way. He led them. He fed them. He watered them. He preserved them in the wilderness for 40 years. Can you imagine? And you know, the Lord has never changed. I think that subconsciously in the minds of many people who claim to be Bible-believing people, sometimes they think, well, God cannot do today what he's done before. And God's not working today like he worked before. Well, the Bible says in Hebrews 13, verse 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. James 1, 17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from, from above and cometh down from the Father of lights 
with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. God is unchanging, and the same God who did these miracles said, I will even make a way. Maybe I'm preaching to people this morning who need a way. You may be saved, but you may need a way through some crisis in your life. You may need a way through some binding, hindering sin. You may need a way through some naughty intellectual problem that baffles you. You may need a way out of darkness into light. God said, I will even make a way. Now that's my introduction. Every message has to have an introduction before you get to the first big point. That brings me to the first big point. Are you ready? First of all, God makes a way in the time of trouble. You know, God always makes a way in the time of trouble. Now, don't tell me you don't have any trouble. If you don't have any trouble, I want to meet you right after this service and shake your hand and call you a liar. (laughs) It's been my lot for 66 years to be with people in the time of trouble. That's a part of every preacher's ministry. Bible says in Psalm 50, verse 15, And call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. Psalm 27, verse 5. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. Psalm 91, verse 15. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him, and I'll be with him in trouble. And I'll deliver him and honor him. Psalm 138, verse 7, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of mine enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. For that trusting soul who leans upon him, God always makes a way In the hour of trouble. My wife told me one time, she said, Honey, you always do better when you're in trouble. (laughs) What's she saying? I thought about Brother Roloff. I sure miss him. He went to heaven in 1982. One of the great preachers of the last century. And I had the privilege of conducting his funeral. I sure do miss Brother Roloff. He was going to be with us one time. A lot of times he came on Monday and Tuesday night. And uh, I never did invite him. (laughs) He would always call me and tell me when he wanted to come. And I said, well, come on. One time he called me and said he wanted to come certain Monday and Tuesday. I said, well, Brother Roloff, that'd be fine, but, but I'm supposed to be out of town. I'm supposed to be preaching in Dallas. Yeah. 
Oh, he said, that's all right. I'll take care of everything while you're gone. <laughs> and I was gone, and he took care of everything on Monday and Tuesday night. And I used to watch him whenever he was, uh, when he, he'd be, He'd be looking for a sermon while the girls would be singing. He'd be looking for a sermon. And they'd get through singing, and he didn't have it yet. He'd say, sing one more. <laughs> and they'd sing one more, and he'd be looking. And finally, I could tell he came up with something. And when they got through singing, he'd jump up and say, well, now it's time for the message. And what a message he'd preach. Brother Rohrock. He was going to be with us on Monday night. At about 4 o'clock, I got a telephone call. He was in Atlanta, Georgia. He said, Brother Clayton, bad weather here. They won't let me fly out. I said, I won't be able to be there tonight. He said, you go ahead and let the girls sing. And when they get through singing, you just bring the message. Oh, I said, Brother Roloff, people are going to be so disappointed. They love to hear him preach. He said, well, I, can't, I won't be there. And you just let those girls sing and you get up and preach. I said, I'll do the best I can. And I hope nobody throws any tomatoes. <laughs> well, the girls, of course, they were already there. And my ladies, our ladies fix, fixed supper for them and fed them like Brother Rolf likes for them to eat. And... Uh, and it had a tremendous crowd. And the girls were, they sang beautifully. And after they sang, I got up and said, uh, well, Brother Roloff won't be able to be here tonight. He got, he's in Atlanta in bad weather, and they won't let him fly. And, and he asked me if I'd just preach in his place. And I told him I, I'd do the best I could. And so I preached, I I preached on the subject of zeal. I never will forget it. And man, I tell you, uh, the Lord helped me and I got fired up. And uh, I got out there on the other side of the pulpit, even jumped on the Lord's supper table. I was preaching. Good thing I didn't slip off that Lord's supper table. I was preaching. On, I just preaching, you know. And God, God blessed it. I gave the invitation, and the altar filled up, had a wonderful service. The following Wednesday, I got an anonymous letter. Those are always wonderful letters. They don't, they don't sign their name, you know. Anonymous letter. And I read the letter, and it read something like this. You make people laugh too much. I thought if anybody had a right to laugh, it ought to be saved people. I mean, there's only four places I go. I, I eat out. I go to the grocery store. I go to the doctor. And I go to church. you got to have some place to laugh. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Bible teaches me that a Christian can have joy. Well, I read on, 
And they said, uh, you didn't use enough scripture. Well, the, the message was taped, so I, I, I went back and I counted how many verses of scripture I quoted or read. 66 verses of scripture. And he said, you didn't use enough scripture. In God's name, who can digest 66 verses of scripture in one message? And I read on. They said, did you see Brother Weatherford when he got up and walked out? Well, Brother and Sister Weatherford's old girl's home, boy, they're wonderful people. He's sitting on the first row. Halfway through my message, he got up and walked out. Did you see Brother Weatherford when he got up and walked out? As if to say he didn't like my message, you know. That's why he got up and walked out. Well, I called Brother Weatherford. We're, we're friends. We're buddies. I said, Brother Weatherford, I know you're telling me the truth. Why did you get up and walk out in the middle of my message? Oh, he started laughing, said Brother Clayton. He said, I, you know, we travel in that big bus parked on the parking lot across the street from the church up in there. He said, I forgot to lock the door and I left the love offering from the night before on the bus. And I was afraid somebody's going to get on that bus and steal that love offering and Brother Roloff's getting my head. I said, oh, Brother Weatherford, I don't blame you. I'd get up and walk out in the middle of any man's sermon for money. <laughs> Amen. Well, that was on Wednesday, and Wednesday night I said to the church, don't miss next Sunday morning. I'm going to Bring the message on who threw the tomato. <laughs> well, boy, I tell you, it spread like wildfire. Next Sunday morning, church was packed out. Man, <laughs> waiting to hear that message on who threw the tomato. Well, I got up to preach, and my outline was the letter. Now, I'm going to tell you something. If the person who wrote that letter had signed their name, I could have called them up, we could have talked it over and prayed about it, and that had been it. But since they didn't sign their name, the only way I had to answer it was publicly. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is you better sign your name. <laughs> so I got up and I got the letter out. And I started reading, reading the letter, and I cried all the way through it. I cried all the way through it. And, and I read where it said, you make people laugh too much. I explained what the Bible says about laughter and everything. And when I did, the fellow who wrote the, who wrote the le uh, letter, he jumped up and and he went out into the foyer and stomped around out in the foyer. And, one, and then he came back in and sat down. <laughs> I kept reading the letter, crying. And I said, he said, 
you didn't use enough scripture, and I explained that. He jumped up again, stormed out in the foyer, and stomped around out in the foyer, and came back in and sat down. I kept reading, and I said, did you see Brother Weatherford when he got up and walked out? He, I explained it. He stormed up, went out in the foyer, stomped around out in the foyer, and came back in and sat down. Crazy thing, he gave himself away. Before the service was over, I knew who threw the tomato. <laughs> and my wife says, honey, you always do better when you're in trouble. <laughs> and what a service we had that, that Sunday morning. I mean, it was a revival service. It was 3 o'clock in the afternoon, Sunday afternoon, before anybody got up to go home. People were weeping. They cried with me. Altar filled up, up and down the aisles, everywhere. People weeping and crying. What a service we had. When I preached on who threw the tomato. Great message, Amen. I want to tell you this morning that every man and woman born in this world lives in a frail, fragile, temporary body. And this world is filled with sorrow and troubles. And you need God. You need a God who can make a way. Seventy-nine years ago, I became a Christian and ever since that day, God's made a way for me. 79 years. I've heard people say, well, I'll never smile again as long as I live. But I've seen God make a way for them, and I've seen them smile again. I've heard people say, I believe that for the rest of my life there'll be tears in my eyes. But I've seen God dry those tears. I've heard people say, my heart will ache as long as there's breath in my body. But I've seen God heal their broken hearts. If you don't get one verse, get this one. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. Do you hear what the Bible, it's just a common thing. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able. But will, with the temptation, also make a way. Listen, also make a way. Make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Huh. What a verse. Did you get that one? God said, I'll even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. 
Well, that brings me to my second big point. God makes a way in the time of persecution. 1 John 3, 13, Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you. 2 Timothy 3, 12, And all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. This old world today is against Christianity. Remember, you're living in a world today that one day took the only perfect man who ever lived and nailed him to the cross and cursed him while he died and spit upon him. If you live a godly life in Christ, you're going to suffer persecution. I've had some people say, I've heard some people say, well, I don't want to be called a square. Well, I consider that a compliment. I've been called a lot worse than that. Somebody might, might ask, well, has anybody ever cussed you out? Oh, yes, professionals, <laughs> professional cussers. Mm-hmm. That's all right. I'm like Dr. Lakin. He was a great preacher, Dr. Lakin. Dr. Lakin said, I wouldn't mind so much if I was swallowed by a whale, but I hate to be nibbled to death by menace. <laughs> well, I've had all kinds, minnows and whales. If you stand for something, and that's what Brother Cobra preached about this morning, if you stand for something, if you're somebody in the Lord, if you're different, you mark it down, there'll be opposition to you living a godly Bible Christian life. It's always been that way. God always makes a way. You know, the devil tried to destroy the Jews in Egypt, but they still exist. And you know, Daniel was a teenager, and some folks say, you're not going to get teenagers to accept your way of life and your philosophy of living. You're not going to get teenagers. That's not true. When they hear it and also see it demonstrated in their mothers and fathers, they're going to accept it. We don't have a youth problem in America. We have an adult problem. That's the only problem we've always had. You have a bunch of weak meat and mimic, whitewashing, fence-straddling parents who don't care. That's the trouble with the youth of America this morning. Daniel was only 18 years of age when he was carried into Babylon. I know what people said. It's the same thing they say today. They said, Daniel... You're nearly a thousand miles away from home and nobody will ever know. Daniel said, home or away from home, the Lord's my God and God will make a way for me. They said, well, if you don't eat the king's meat and drink the king's wine and you're not a social drinker and you turn out, don't turn out to be a drunkard, 
then you'll not be popular. Well, he said, that's all right. Just give me that old pulse. I don't know what that is. I guess it's the crudest kind of cereal, Wheaties. <laughs> he said, just give it to me and give me some water. And I'll just pray every day. You know, beauty on the inside makes beauty on the outside. He said, you look at me 10 days later and see how I look. If I don't look just as fair as the countenance of these Babylonians that believe in the drinking and all this business, then you just go ahead and make your punishment. Listen, there's nothing on this earth that'll do for your outside what peace right down in your heart can do. Daniel was just a teenager, but the Bible says, Daniel 1 verse 8, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he had not defiled himself. God made a way for him. Now listen, the Lord may not keep you from getting thrown in the lion's den. Daniel was thrown in the lion's den. And he hit the floor with a thud. And he looked over there and saw Leo the lion. Leo the lion hadn't had anything to eat for a good while. You could see his ribs. And Leo the lion looked over there and saw Daniel. And he got up and started walking over there toward Daniel. And Leo the lion said, Say you believe in stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, you may get in the lion's den, but God'll make a way. God'll make a way for the honest Christian who wants to live the Christian life. God make a way in the time persecution. Yes, he will. You still with me? Third big point. God makes a way when we trust and pray. You know God makes a way when people pray. Did you know prayer brings about miracles? That does. Isaiah 43, 22. If thou hast not called upon me, O Jacob, thou hast been weary of me, O Israel. God said, if you just called on me, if you just prayed, I'd made a way in every instance for you. God does answer prayer. Yes, he does. I love Matthew 7, verse 7 and verse 8, where Jesus said, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. And he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Psalm 34, verse 6. 
this poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. God makes a way when we trust and pray. I've been preaching now for 66 years. And I've seen this truth to be to be so. That God makes a way when we trust and pray. I don't know how it all happened. But the Lord has let me and helped me start seven churches. We started Gatewood, mission out of Greenwood Village. We started Greenwood Baptist Temple, a mission out of Greenwood Village. We started Prestonwood where Brother Johnny Pope was a pastor now, been there for many years. They call it Christ Church now. They changed the name of it, but the first name was Prestonwood. You can start a church in Wimberley, Texas called Wimberley Hills Baptist Church. <laughs> and we helped Brother Grubb start a church in, uh, out of Chattanooga, Cleveland, Tennessee called the Shenandoah Baptist Church. Oh. There had to be a lot of praying and a lot of trusting to see all those things happen. I'm here to tell you, God helps you when you pray. I don't pray enough. I want God to forgive me. I want to pray more. I need to pray more. I want to. I want to. I want him to forgive me. I, I want you to pray for me. That I'd, I'd be a preacher. I'd pray more. Last night, in the middle of the night, I, the Lord came to me. And he told me he loved me. And I told him I loved him. And I, and I want him to forgive me. I want to pray more. And then number four, God makes a way out of sin. Look at Isaiah 43, 25. I, even I am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for my own sake and will not remember thy sins. 
God said, I, even I. It's a personal pardon. This salvation and this forgiveness of sin is a pardon. It originates with God. It's, it's a perfect pardon. God said, I'll blot out thy transgressions. I'll not remember thy sins. I thank God for that. If you're a Christian this morning and your record is clean, your state may be imperfect, <laughs> but your standing has not one spot on it. Your heavenly record is clean today. The plan of salvation is the way that God made. There it is in John 14, 6. Jesus said unto him, I am the way. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. This way means that your sins are blotted out forever and God remembers them against you no more forever. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you something. What God has forgotten, you ought never to remember. Thank God your past is removed if you've been saved. Jesus died on the cross to make a way for you out of sin. Yes, he did. And I could give many wonderful illustrations how God made a way for people like Miss Kreider. I won't go through that whole thing again. She was a Buddhist, but God made a way for her. He did. And she was wonderfully saved. You see, God, number five, God makes a way for you personally. Do you want that way today? Are you lost in sin? The church is not the way. Religion's not the way. Christ is the way. And God made a way for you personally, and that way is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. John 14, 6, I am the way. I'll even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. God makes a way in the time of trouble. God makes a way in the time of persecution. God makes a way when we trust and pray. God makes a way out of sin. And God makes a way for you personally. Yes, he does. Let's stand with our heads bowed, and I want to pray. And then we'll have an invitation hymn. Lord Jesus, thank you today for your presence right now. Thank you for your presence. And Lord, we're just nothing without you. Thank you. Thank you for loving us and forgiving us and saving us and making a way for every one of us. And Lord, maybe there's someone here this morning that needs to get some things settled and you've made a way for them, help them to do it. 
And we'll thank you right now in advance for every spiritual victory. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray.